What's up, everybody? This is the Warner Brothers Podcast. Welcome back. This is Kyle, joined by Keenan. As always, Keenan, what's up? You know, uh, just coming off a draft, beautiful draft, beautiful weekend. I am lit and ready to go. There we go. We got power couple, friends of the show, Joe and Kendra with us. Joe Gagner, Kendra Woods. What's up? How y'all doing? Doing great. What's up? What's up? Doing well in Florida. <laughs> she, she, the hey, candles, up, Kevin, Kendall's vibing right now for some reason. I don't know to what <laughs> or to whom, but she is vibing at the moment. I'm excited. Keenan, how'd the draft go? The draft went wonderful. Um, I'm happy with my team. I took a chance, and I'm going with a two tight end feel. I went with uh, George Kittle and Travis Kelsey. So we're going to have to see how one of them, that flex works. If not, if that doesn't work out, my team might not work. Also, I drafted DeAndre Hopkins, who's going to be out first the first six weeks. So if we can stay afloat until he's there, my team is going What? No, go ahead. Go ahead. My fault. I was going to say, and if we can stay afloat until he comes in, then we're going to be lit. My team, I'm very confident in my team if that's the case. But that there are a couple ifs. You went with that Belichick offense, two tight ends. Yeah, I went to a, I did go with a Belichick offense, but uh, I don't think they, they – yeah, no, that would – Travis Kelsey and George Kittle, that'd be Rob Gronkowski and Aaron Hernandez. Almost threw out an RIP reflexively about Aaron Hernandez, but we'll let that one just slab here. So <laughs> no RIP to Aaron Hernandez. But uh, is there, do you guys have a super flex league? Uh, no, we don't have a super flex league. I think those are ridiculous. Interesting. <laughs> right, I've, heard, I've heard they're fun. I'm actually making my debut tomorrow for a fantasy football. Got a draft. Kind of nervous. Kind of nervous. But, wow, I got to stand and go there. But I'm We're looking sitting. forward to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <right>. <laughs> <laughs> a sitting ovation. Uh, I want to thank everybody for the for the feedback. Not so much thank, but I appreciate the feedback that we've been getting for this Kanye podcast, the Kanye album. Uh, me and Keenan, we're really looking forward to more artists. Uh, we got more guests on the way. Keenan, the I don't think I'm stretching the truth here when I say the possibilities are kind of endless with this, right? Well, no, because like you could branch off in any way because you can then. You could kind of do this with just songs. You could do this also with features of certain artists. Like Lil Wayne has like 30,000 features out there. You could do like a top 12 feature list of him. I know we did like top five list of him specifically, but you could kind of do that. You could go top five maybe group cuts if you went to like TDE or Dreamville or whatever. Like you can go so many different routes of like this specifically. And obviously there are so many different artists out there. You could anything you really want to put together with this, you can. You could do your top 12 Toby Keith tracks. Where I come from. I don't even know if that's Toby Keith. Corn, bread, and chicken. Man. <laughs> I don't even know if no, that's Toby No reaction to my Toby Keith. Honky Tonk, but Donk, Donk. Ooh, Where y'all want to start today? Um, do you, uh, Kyle, you said you wanted to talk music. I know Kendall's itching to talk some music. Look at it. She, she looks will, so ecstatic. I will talk whatever, whether it's basketball, football, music. Those are the main three I want to talk about. Well, we'll so if you, you want to start with music, I'm yeah. cool with starting with music. Where do you want to start? J.I.D.'s album. What's well, been J.I.D.'s? I have not listened to J.I.D.'s album. I've heard, I've heard it's good. I've heard it's good. Kendra, sell me on it. Sell me on the J.I.D. It album. It is good. He's got sell a me nice on it. flow. Yeah. 
Yeah, That's okay. about it. Just about it. He only has it. only nice flow from JID. He doesn't it's have any. Beats. I haven't listened to all of it, but I skim through it when every song I liked. Every song you like. Okay. I kid you not. Okay. No Even skips. the one with Lil Wayne. Surprise, surprise. That's a surprise. He's, Lil Wayne's your favorite rapper, right? Yes, of his course. daddy. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> the Forever Story, correct? Oh, yes. Okay. I haven't heard it because over the weekend, uh, music wasn't a thing for me. I was kind of. I was obviously in draft mode. Kyle hasn't heard it apparently, so that's something we'll have to give a listen. Kyle, with you, any new music at all? I'm downloading it as we speak. This Khaled album's pretty good. I'm not really a fan of Khaled albums. Usually, I like maybe four or five tracks out of however many, but there's really no skips in this Khaled album. Definitely go check it out. Which is, God did. Which is shocking. And also, it is. is. It's, a, it's a cohesive album. It's a cohesive album. You even got your Kanye and Eminem feature, Keenan, which I've still, I have not even one inch warmed up to the Kanye runaway featuring Eminem. Uh, but you got the Kanye Eminem feature that you were asking for. It doesn't sound too bad, but it reinforced my idea that there's no way Eminem would have sounded good on Runaway. But well, that's I mean, just me. Well, I mean, this is 12 years later and a completely different Eminem. If you told me this True. Eminem was going to be on it, I would say absolutely not. I don't think but this even, Eminem would be great on it. But even that Eminem from 12 years ago, like, I'm trying to, like, his voice is just too, too, like, overbearing, I guess. He's kind of just like. No, but he has songs where it's I not. That's all she wrote uh, with featuring T of uh, Ti featuring Eminem, like songs like that. Like I think he, I, I don't know. I feel like it would. I feel like he would have fit. I really do. do we will this? agree to heavily disagree on that. Still, yeah, no. But. I was gonna say I, you. I was say that it was a tough. It was a real, real spicy take, and I knew it was going to be. So I'm rolling with it. Uh, yeah, this DJ Khaled album, I have not really listened to that at all. As I said, I wouldn't listen to really any music. Looking at it right now, it's the first one he hasn't had a sod on in like three albums, and he's crying on the uh, cover. I'm just watching it on rerun with a little tear coming down from his left eye. Oh, damn, I didn't even, I didn't even notice that. I yeah, no, that. as I say, if you look at the uh, picture for like 15 seconds, you'll notice that like a tear comes down because you can now have uh, album covers that actually move, which is dope. Wait, actually? Yeah, because like backgrounds. Backgrounds can move because 2022 technology. Kendall's holding her hand up like she's in class. I was waiting my turn. Okay. (laughs) No, you gotta wait your turn. You just gotta. You gotta go ahead. Just jump in. You gotta go in. Just jump in. Have you listened to Beyonce's album? I did listen to Beyonce's album. How'd you think? I was the same way I was for honestly. Never mind. After I actually gave it a true listen, it's like a. A little bit, I like Beyonce's a little bit more because she has a better singing voice than Drake, mm-hmm. but like a five or six out of ten only because listening to, listening to it, which I could speak, but listening to it in a setting that's just at home, that's not the music I'm ever going to go to, I feel like if I was to go out and listen to it, I may have a different opinion right. on it. I didn't like it. You didn't like it at all? <laughs> no. Okay, Kyle. And- they're old shit. Yeah, no, uh, Lemonade's her best album to me ever. But, Kyle, how about you? I'll say this. The Beyonce album popped up, like, a few times on a few of my playlists, like, a few different songs here and there. It's not bad. It's nothing I would listen to, obviously. Uh, I'm looking right now. The ones I like is I'm That Girl, which is the opening track. Church Girl. Kyle feels that girl when he listens to that. Kyle's that, Kyle's that <laughs> feeling, girl. Feeling, feeling like a baddie when I listen yeah. to Beyonce, right? <laughs> 
sitting there twerking church. in the front seat. Mm. Shaking that booty. <laughs> booty. We got Church Girl. That's a good one, too. And then Break My Soul. I really like Break My Soul. That's a good That's a good lead single. It's catchy. I've warmed up to that song, so it's it's cool. Westbrook seems to like that song, too. He's got a little clip of him going off to Break My Soul as well. So, no, that's a cool little album. I mean, I, it seems like a pretty polarizing album, honestly. Like, as far as, like, the women demographic, it's it's been pretty split. I've heard people say, like, they don't like it. Like what Kendra said, they like her old shit. They feel like she kind of, like, went out of her way to, like, warm up to dance rather than, like, keeping it her style. Kind of like what people were saying about Drake, I guess. Drake's and then I've heard other people who said it was, like, you know, a hundred out of ten. I think I said that the first time we brought this up. Like, you know, Beyonce fans can just be OD with it, where they like that girl could drop her taking a shit on an album, and <laughs> girls would love it. You know what I mean? Yes. But uh, I mean, that's the one same man's thing trash, with- another woman's treasure. I tell you what, this is great music. <laughs> <laughs> she farts on beat. It's just amazing. <laughs> but I mean, you know, that's kind of the case with a lot of major artists. It's the same with Drake. Drake could drop bullshit and people would still twist away to you know say it's amazing same with kanye same with all the big stars really but you know i think it's cool from what i've heard it's cool and there's definitely some stuff i could do without on it but i don't know and apparently she's got two other installments of this album coming out before the year ends so i'm interested to hear what that sounds like for sure i want a different sound from her same i like pat i like the passion out of beyonce because she can she has such a powerful voice, so everything that she sings with like passion, that sounds beautiful. So I, that's what that's my favorite Beyonce. <sighs> Did you listen to Joey Badass Kendall? No, that's fine. Kyle, have you listened to that yet? I have not, which is unfortunate because I've heard only good things about it. it and might. I think I said the last time you brought it up that how I'm gonna go listen to that stuff. Nah, so I feel like a phony for that. So. <laughs> I think, also, I personally think it might be arguably one of like one of the two best rap albums of the year. Personally, that's what I've heard. I've heard it's from top to bottom one of the best projects of the year for sure. Uh, I'm kind of trying to figure out because we're getting close to the end of the year what my top ten albums, top ten tracks are. I got a pretty solid handle of what my top ten albums are, so I don't know, I'm looking forward to that. Even though I'm not really looking forward to the end of the year because. You know where the fuck did twenty twenty two go? But yeah, no, it's crazy that we're already at like in September. I mean, obviously tomorrow, but also speaking of, we're not in September. Happy birthday to Trinity! Turn eighteen, fresh eighteen. Shouts to little cousin. Shouts to little cousin. Most definitely, happy eighteen. Uh, but yeah, no, September's right around the corner. NFL's right around the corner. Uh, still got a lot of good music to drop left. We still got SZA, who still needs to drop. Um, I need TDE to drop know. as a collective. Like I could, Matter J-Rock's fact, been like 2017 or 2018. Schoolboy Q has been a few years. Absol has been since 2016. Like all of it needs to, just need to all come out. Matter of fact, one of my favorite projects that's dropped within the last month is Games Album, Dramatic. It's, what the fuck is it? It's 29 tracks now. They threw off the Young Boy track and they threw off I think there was supposed to be a track with Nipsey Hustle that they took off. So it's 29 tracks. Uh, it plays like a mixtape, honestly. And I don't know, Game's rapping his ass off on that album. Game can out-rap, honestly, <laughs> your favorite rapper. 
Honestly, like, and how do you feel about his uh, diss track to Eminem? I haven't even listened to it. Honestly, that's the I've like. I would say out of the twenty nine tracks, I've listened to probably fifteen, and the fifteen I've heard and like truly listened to, I love. Like, they've been on repeat. They've stayed on repeat the last three weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, I tried listening to the the Slim Shady diss. I mean, it's. If you follow Game his whole career, it's what he does. He'll throw out a diss when he doesn't really need to throw out a diss just to do it, kind of just to gain attraction to his album. Um, from what I've heard, like the two minutes I listened to it, he is trying to rap like Eminem, like his flow, his voice, which is kind of what Game does anyway when he's on a song with another rapper. And uh, I don't know, it's weird. I'm sure he kills it, but it's nothing I want to hear because he doesn't actually have beef with Eminem. I actually kind of want to hear Eminem's response, especially since they were both in the Aftermath camp, you know, when Game was first coming up. So I don't know. I can't give you too much about the diss, but the album itself is great music. Go listen to that. Like, if you like rap, you like good beats, it's a quality listen for sure. I'll say that I have not listened to yet at all. Definitely give it a listen. Game can rap. In his last album was 25 tracks and it was 25 quality tracks. Like he he does not miss. He puts out great music. Daniel, do you have anything else? Any other music? You, Joe, have any music that you like? Anything? Brent fans. Anybody listen? Because you should. Yeah, that Brent album was. I mean, we kind of talked about it, Kendra, last time I saw you. I don't know. I have not gone back to it once. I've had a, I've had it come up a few times, but <laughs> I'm disappointed and ashamed. It's nowhere near fuck the world. You can't no, you can't go I'm not you can't sorry. give you can't give me fuck the world ten tracks of of a complete vibe, right? And then you give me this slow ass. Hey, I don't even know. Just not voice. even his style. He, it felt like traditional R and B mixed with which I don't want to hear from Brent. Like Brent's a all an all R&B artist, you know what I mean? Like, kind of how, like... I feel you. When Frank and The Weeknd came out, like, they had their own yeah. sound. Brad had his own sound. up Because he had three or four projects before this, all where it was, like, a specific Brad sound. This sounded like shit I could hear from any other R&B artist. Mm-hmm. And it was just hella slow. Like, don't get me wrong, there's a few joints on there, for sure. There's probably there's more four than or five I really like. It's definitely better than Drake's album, but it's still not some shit I want to hear. Like, I'm not... It's not like I'm a Drake fan over here either, like, but interesting. It's okay. the The Brent album, the Brent album, it's it's alright. I definitely wanted more, especially after what two years. I think that dropped January 2020. So yeah, about two years, two and a half years. Didn't really care for it at all. But you know what? I will. Yeah, I mean, I'll definitely go back to it and see, but it's nothing I'm eager to go back to. I was disappointed. That's that's definitely my gut reaction. Was I was disappointed by it. But the one on top is Jackie Brown. I do remember that. Jackie Brown was a bop, so I personally I haven't listened to it. I was like there a lot I need to catch up on music. There's been about there's been a few obviously I've listened to a decent amount of albums this year, but I haven't listened to as many that I want to as I've wanted to, but I have more of the year left and I'll definitely catch up on some of them. It's been a great year for music. It's been a great summer for music. I'm still on this Fabio album too, honestly. Like I'd say I've listened to that more than any rap project this year, probably. Like that stayed in my rotation. And that came out I think April, maybe. So mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's definitely been I don't want to give too much away, but that's 
for sure my top three to five of the year so far. Yeah. I'd say for R&B, Kendra, have you listened to that Ella Mays album? Probably. Wait, Ella Mays album? One second. Yeah. I didn't know she dropped one. She dropped probably about a month ago. May 6th she dropped. That's that's one of the better projects I've heard this year as well. How did I miss that? Same. I'm actually that's a fan a, of Ella That's a great question. I heard that's DFMU, a, and I love that one. Yeah, no. That's, God, yeah, that's the album. That's the album. Oh, um, okay. That, <laughs> I feel gore. <laughs> I literally had no idea that LMA had dropped an album. Yeah, I, that's definitely one of the better R&B projects this year, I would say. Yeah, okay. On May 6th, Heart on My Sleeves? Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Well... Uh, we'll be back to that because I am an LMA fan. That is downloading as we speak. <laughs> Alrighty. Have you listened to Nikki's new singles? Because they're trash. No. No, I haven't listened to any of Nikki's shit. I haven't listened to that. I think she Queen dropped like radio. a greatest hits album. Yeah, yeah it's, I was excited. It's called like Queen Radio or something like that. Uh, let me look here. Yeah, Queen Radio Volume 1. And it has mostly all of her hits songs. I was gonna say it pretty much has everything from Pink Friday and then has just some hits after that I'll give you another one that just came out too end of July K Camp's album called Vibe Forever <laughs> didn't like it it was okay it was okay it was good was it was it and was it okay or was it good those are three separate <laughs> those are three separate <laughs> feelings on it <laughs> It was okay. Okay. So it wasn't. Well, this is, really I'll, I'll say this. I'll say this. I know Joe's running a Corvette down there. It's one of those albums. Yeah. It's one of those albums you want to listen to with the top down. Oh, okay. If you're going to be in St. Pete, you're going to want it. You know, 11 a.m. summer night drive kind of thing. I'm excited. Wait, you, did album. you just say 11 a.m. summer night drive? <laughs> I, I, I meant to say 11 p.m. I said 11 a.m. 11 a.m. 11 a.m. when the sun's up, but also, night driving. <laughs> Seat down, nice sky, sun out. 11 a.m. Breakfast 11 in the console with the night sky beaming Breakfast on in the console with dessert. <laughs> Okay, that was actually 11 a.m. nights. That was funny. Anybody Uh, listen to Jacob Banks? What if I was to tell you I don't know who that is? Who the fuck's Jacob Banks? I'll put you on. We might have to kick Keenan off his own podcast. We might have to kick me off my own pod. I have absolutely no idea who that is. Labyrinth? Oh no. No, I'm telling you, I like I'm music wise, I'm like out of scene. I'm Keenan like, is losing respect by the second. <laughs> I, I I'm out of I'll just I'll put you on. I'll send you my favorites. Okay. Kyle, no no nothing. Nah, I'm looking it up right now though. Lies about the war. That's his that's I'm assuming that's the one you're talking about because that just dropped five days ago. Jacob August twenty sixth. Yeah. Lies about the war. Sorry, I just heard a single. Now I'm pumped. Thank you. Yeah, there you go. Whole, whole new album. I didn't know. It's absolutely <laughs> crazy, honey. I'm so excited. Kyle. What's up? We're going to shift gears here. All I right. have I have um, a few questions, a little over-unders here for the NFL. Are you good to go NFL? Yeah, let's go. Okay, we can go have Joe. You can obviously chime in because you like the football as well. So I was talking with uh, Daniel Reed again. Shout out Daniel Reed. Uh, um 
today about kind of different things, and he was think, talking about some over-unders. So I ended up actually going through and thinking about some over-unders for the year for the NFL, kind of get the gears turning. Do we think Tom Brady has over or under 35 touchdowns this season? Last two years, he had 43 touchdowns last year, 40 touchdowns the year before that. Damn, that's a good question. It's tough because he's 45. It really doesn't seem like he's as happy to play as every other year. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? He had like a little vacation during training camp. Um, he obviously retired early in the year. Actually, on my birthday, he retired, and then he unretired about two or three weeks after that. Um, sound like he was trying to go to the Dolphins this offseason, too. Uh, that's a hard one. Granted, now there's 17 games now, too, so that kind of puts it over the edge. I'm going to say it's going to be a Brady offense, so I'm going to say over. What was the number you gave me, 34? 35. So it would be a little, it'd be a, just a tick over two touchdowns per game, essentially, would be his base. 34 and a half, really? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'll say over. I'll say over, but it's not a confident over. Mm. See, I personally, I'll, I say under before Joe goes. I say under, I think that before he had a Bruce Arians-Tom Brady fusion, I think with Todd Bowles being the coach now that it's going to be more run-oriented, I could see Leonard Fournette having a bigger year and a bigger role in the offense and that Tom's going to have more of how he was semi the back half of his the back half of his like prime in New England. Like that 2016 to 19, more so those last couple years, when they won the Super Bowl against the Rams, he was kind of just... Yeah, that was the best, really the, the best version of a game manager you can possibly get. I I don't mean that even like condescendingly or whatever you don't want to call it. Yeah, because 2019 he was game manager, but 2018, 2016 through 18, they, they were still slinging it. Say, he, yeah, he was. Um, I can see here. They, they they were letting it fly. He was. I was gonna say he was 32 to eight the year before, and then 29 to 11, 29 11, 24 eight. For the last three years in New England, I think it's going to be a lot like, uh, like with Peyton in in Denver, how he had John Fox, a defensive coach, as their head coach, and then Peyton pretty much had control of the offense. You know, mm-hmm. I guess you could say Adam Gase too, but it was really Peyton's offense. And I think that's what it's going to be here. I think it's going to be Brady's offense. Uh, you know, he's going to be the de facto offensive coordinator, more or less. And then, you know, Todd Bowles is going to have the defense. I mean, it's pretty much, I mean, they pushed Bruce Arians out because of Brady. Yeah. You know, pretty much how I read it, you know. So I think Brady's going to have control. I don't think he's happy to play. I really don't. I would not be surprised if this was his last year at all, especially with the Fox deal he has coming in for next year. So who knows, really? That's a, I'm pretty, I'm pretty, I'm looking forward to seeing what the Bucks look like because if you told me they were uh, a losing record, like they had like a seven and ten record, just because like shit just went the wrong way, or if they were a contender, like I believe both. I would honestly believe both. I would be thoroughly shocked if they were seven and ten. Maybe not seven and ten, but you know, like struggling to fit in the playoff picture. Like not, there's nothing there that really, you know. Preaches optimism, I would say, for this upcoming season, other than Brady, really. Because, uh, I don't know, that receiving crew's banged up. The line's not great. Uh, you know, obviously, like we said, the head coaching situation. And uh, I don't know if the defense wasn't the greatest last year either. But obviously, they still get talent there. 
and you still got Tom Brady there. But I don't know. You have more questions than answers than uh, the previous two seasons, I would say. Joe, do you think you over-under on him? Over-under 35 touchdowns? Yes. Um, just because it's Brady, it, like I agree with Kyle. It's kind of hard, but I would probably take the under because he is 45 and mm. I mean, he's going into his what twenty third season? Yeah, something. <laughs> yeah, so and he's played in four decades. Yeah, so he's going into his twenty third season, and he missed a lot of training camp, which I a lot of people read into that. I don't because like it's Tom Brady. He's been a part of twenty two training camps. I think he's okay, but yeah. like he missed some, and the time he missed, basically his entire line got hurt. So like <laughs> I, say, I don't know injured Ryan Jensen yeah injured. so I think just with him behind maybe a little more of a shaky line with moving pieces mm-hmm. because I'm pretty sure all 32 starting NFL quarterbacks will tell you that the one thing they hate is getting hit yeah. and the one thing they hate is getting hit up the middle yeah and their interior line got banged up. decimated so I think going forward I would take the under because I think uh with, now with Todd Bowles, at head coach, I think he's going to get more like rough and tough, gritty. He's going to run the ball more. But mm-hmm. Brady's still going to have his Brady control. Of course. And like he'll still do Tom Brady things. And But uh, I, I do think it'll be close. Like I'm not saying like under 35. Like I, I think it'll be around like a 33, 34. Mm-hmm. Like, but, and I still wouldn't be shocked if he threw 40. Like, yeah, it was like just, he has the capability of throwing 40. It's just that right, it's right. some. Yeah. All righty. So Tom Brady... I we all went under on that one. Patrick, I went over, but it wasn't oh, you a sorry, 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 you went over. I, me, and Joe went under. Sorry. I think it's funny that it took Tom Brady being forty-five and like having a half retirement for us to kind of doubt Tom Brady. You know what I but mean? I, as I say, I don't. Okay, I don't want to give away too much. Anyway, <laughs> no, no, because we have we have a prediction section. I don't want to give away too much. Anyways, so Patrick Mahomes over five thousand yards. He's only been over 5,000 yards his uh, second year. It was first full starting season. He was like 5,074, 50 touchdowns. Over or under 5,000. That's an interesting one. Especially with <laughs> the new offense. Yeah, I was going to say, especially with the new, uh, without Tyree Kill. So it's going to be interesting to see how that goes. But it's also Mahomes, so we may be able to see his greatness. So last year, just for a reference, he was at 48.39 for last year for yards. Over under 5,000. That's a tough one. I'm going to say under. Uh, I think they're going to have a more well-rounded offense. I don't think they're going to be like Mahomes heavy. You know what I mean? But Wait, do you I have think a dog in, your, in the background, Kyle, for you too? Do I have a what? Was there a dog barking in the background for you? <laughs> I did not hear a dog, no. Okay, sorry. I wasn't sure if you had a dog barking in your background because there was a dog barking here and it sounded like you had one on your end and on our end. And that would have been really weird if it was at the same time. Who let the dogs out? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry to interrupt, but go on. No, no, no. No, you're good. But uh, yeah, I would say under. I think we're going to have a more well rounded offense. Uh, I would not be surprised to take the over. Like all of these are kind of weird with the offensive stats. Like I said, with the addition of the seventeenth game, because you know, if five thousand five thousand was attainable with sixteen games, you know, more and more people getting five thousand with sixteen games because of how easy it is to be a quarterback in this league now. You know what I mean? Um, I almost want to say a push, which would mean he'd get exactly five thousand, but obviously not here. But uh. I think he'll be slightly under. Joe, you? 
Uh, I'm going to go out on a limb. I'm going to take the risky pick. I'm going to say he gets over because a lot of people have been saying that now with the departure of Tyreek Hill, I've heard a lot of mixed feelings about it. Like, oh, he doesn't have the fastest receiver in the league and the most dynamic guy off the line. So, like, he can't just chuck it up there, which is what people think he does, which with his freestyle, yeah, it looks like that, but... He's, I think it's just his playmaking. Yeah, I think it's just his playmaking <laughs> ability. But I think he's gonna show why he has shocked the league since he came in. And I'm gonna go with the risky pick. I'm gonna give it an over because I mm-hmm. still think a lot of people sleep on a couple of pieces on that receiving core now. Like Valdez, Scant- yeah, Valdez Scantling. I remember because since I'm a Bears fan, I remember watching him in Green Bay. He shredded the Bears secondary he's as, a, as a deep threat. He's yeah. got legitimate burners. Yeah. And not only that, he's like six four, so like he's a big <laughs> target down in the red zone too. And he can also get behind the defense. Yeah. And I think a lot of people sleep on Juju just because he hasn't done much since his rookie year. But like people were clamoring for him that he could be a number one wideout, but. It's because he was with AB his rookie year, and like he just he fed off of being a really solid number two receiver because AB was so good. But like I think a lot of people sleep on Juju. I think he could have a really nice year, especially with that offense and that quarterback mm-hmm. and that scheme and that coach. So I think that would be good. Kansas City just like pr- pretty much ever since they got Mahomes, their line has been good. They have Clyde Edwards-Helaire. I think he's going into his second year, third year. Yes something like that so i think he's got his feet under him now no third he was on that uh okay on the uh uh, uh, 70 uh the undefeated lsu team because they were fake right yeah so (laughs) so he'll be in his third year i think he's got his feet under him he fits i think he fits this offense nicely because he's a pretty decent receiving back and like when they need to i know andy Reid doesn't like to run the ball anywhere (laughs) but like (laughs) Clyde Edwards Alaire, he's he's kind of a power pack. He's that short, stocky build. So like mm-hmm. he can kind of do it do it all in the running game if they needed him, but he's also got hands. So I don't know. I think they're I think a lot of people are reading into Tyreek's departure a lot, which is fair because he's so he's so good, like top three in the league and probably the scariest receiver in the league because he's so fast. Mm-hmm. But I think people are might be, may be discounting Mahomes a little bit. And also, when everybody talking about Tyreek's departure, I swear to God, I've never seen a future Hall of Famer not talked about after his departure outside other than Travis Kelsey. Not one person brought up Travis Kelsey after Tyreek Hill left. Like the dude Patrick Mahomes still has Travis Kelsey like <laughs> Travis Kelsey, arguably, in my opinion, the best tight end in the league. Like it's do people they just forgot about him. Like he's still there. He still has like back to back thousand yard years, like receiving yards. So like nobody does that as a tight end. Like he's still there and he's still really good. Uh, Tra- so like Travis Kelsey has uh, actually by back to back, you mean seven, uh, seven six, straight, six straight <laughs> yeah. thousand yards. Exactly. Like the dude, the dude is a tremendous route runner for a tight end. And like, you could literally put him out at wide receiver. So like Andy Reid's creative. He could probably put him out there. So I, I think with Travis Kelsey, pretty consistently getting a thousand yards and this receiving core is still being solid i'm gonna go with the risky pick i'm gonna take the over i think man compelling (laughs) i think pos i think he's going to have slightly under around like the 4700 mark as 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 joe was saying i think with valdez scantling there i think with juju there travis kelsey still there Ronald Jones going there as well with uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. There's a lot of people who can catch the ball. Rookie Sky Moore is also interesting too. 
So he has a bunch of people who's going to catch, who has the ability to catch the ball. But also, I could see Andy Reid leaning a little more run heavy and uh, Mahomes not stretching the ball as much down the field. Instead of having those 450, 500 yard passing games, it's going to be more around that 300 to 350. So I've got him a little under, probably around like 4,700. Uh, I just want to say, Joe basically said verbatim what I was going to say next week, given the Chiefs. Like, Joe couldn't have said it any better. Like, everybody is sleeping on this Chiefs team when it comes to the AFC West. I, like, I think this Chiefs team is going to be dangerous. I love the Juju edition. Mm-hmm. Um, I Juju think <laughs> I think they're going to go, right? I think they're going to go a little more to running back, like how Andy Reid used to with uh, the Philly teams. Yeah. It could go either way. That's the thing. Like, they're obviously, you know, when you split it down the middle, obviously it's going to be more throwing from the home. So it wouldn't be surprising at all if he breaks that 5,000. But, uh, yeah, there's going to be a little more run. It's going to be a little more balanced, but. Man, everyone should be afraid of this Chiefs team because, like Joe said, Andy Reid's a genius. Whatever you want to say about Belichick on the defensive end, that's Andy Reid on the offensive end. Yeah, he's gonna—he's the second best coach in the league, in my opinion, uh, and far and away the best offensive coach in the league. So, yeah, there—I don't see them taking any steps off. And you know, when you're a former champion being slept on, I think they kind of feed off that. So, yeah, they're gonna be a dangerous team for sure, without a doubt. Definitely. All right. So this hold one. Hold on. Hold up, Joe. What's what's? I want to hear Joe's number on the five thousand though. If he's going over, what's the number? Oh boy. Um, <laughs> I did say I was taking the risk and going with the over, but I don't think it'll be too much over. Like it's not going to be like r- close to record breaking. I would give him right around the fifty one hundred. All right. All right. It's fair. Um. So this one, it doesn't give away anything at all, but it kind of gives like a little. Uh, a little bit of a hint. The AFC West combined 42 wins from all four teams. So essentially that would be like 10 wins for two, 11 wins for two. Which also, obviously, if you say have, not saying anyone does, say have the uh, Chiefs 14-3, and three, then a team like the Raiders could be 7-10, and 10, and that would still equi- be the equivalent of 21 wins. So like... Just because of how what, good that division is, do you think 42 wins over or under? What divisions does the AFC West play this year? Oh, God. I, hold on. Give me just two seconds. They play... They play the... Um, do you want the... Uh, they play the, AFC, uh, the NFC West. So they play the Rams. They play the 49ers. They play the uh, Seahawks and then they play the Cardinals. What AFC division they got? The AFC. It looks like they have. They have the East, right? The East. Yeah, they, I see the Bills. Right. Wait, I don't see the. I don't. It looks like they play the South. Yeah, it looks like Jaguars. they play. Yeah, they play, the they play the South. They play the South. They have the Bills game, but they play the because they play every division winner. Yeah, they play the Titans, the Texans. Yeah, yeah they play the South. That's close. They could beat up on the South, I feel like. South could be sneaky good at the same time. I feel like the South's kind of competitive. Uh, I'll go under with that. See, I... Um, let me give you an actual... Because I, ha- I have my predictions. This is not going to give anything away. Obviously, it's just giving a total. So, I have... I have just barely under. 
I have yeah. the under on it. Yeah, I'm going under. Yeah, I think I'll probably go under too, just because like that division, um, barring any catastrophic injuries, um, maybe the best th- of all time. <laughs> yeah, I think it's gonna be a bloodbath, but it's gonna be so dynamic and so fun to watch. But like, because. I could see the Chiefs going 14 and 3. I could easily see them. And this is, sounds so weird coming out of my mouth. I could easily see them also going 9 and 8 cuz that division is so tough. And division games are different no matter yeah. how good your teams are. So like I could see the Chargers winning the division at like 13 and 4 or 14 and 3, but I could also see them going 7 and 10. Like the, you never know. Every single team in that division has a play to win the division. You have yeah. Obviously, the Broncos were a competitive 7-10, and 10, I believe, last year. They obviously got Russell Wilson. They got a couple other pieces. You've got the Raiders, who added Devontae Adams alone. I mean, they added a couple other pieces, too. But they were a playoff team last year. They went 10-7. and seven. The Chiefs are still the Chiefs, regardless of even though they lost a couple things. And then the Chargers added J.C. Jackson, Khalil Mack. They got a little better on the offensive line, so they are they're poised. And they went 10-7 and seven last year, too, and just barely missed the playoffs. They needed to tie with the uh, the Raiders, and they could have made it, but they didn't tie. So, they went out of their way to lose that game. Yeah, no, they did everything they want, they could to lose that game. But Chargers going to charge her. That's the only reason I'm less <laughs> bullish. That's the only reason I'm less bullish on the Chargers, because of their head coaching situation because yeah, he's a great offensive coach, but I mean, he takes some risks when it comes to decisions. There are some pretty easy, basic decisions that would have either put that game in hand or at least a tie. Mm -hmm. And uh, he fumbled that every way he could in that game. Uh, I think Denver is the biggest wild card in this division with Russell Wilson, just because he hasn't looked the same the last two years. Um, but I mean, it's Russell Wilson. He's, you know what I mean? He's been very like, good, but he hasn't. But it hasn't. He hasn't felt exactly like Russell Wilson because I remember the start of the start of last uh, two years ago. He had forty touchdowns with thirteen picks. The start of um in uh twenty twenty, the start of that year, like the first eight games, people were like Russell Wilson for MVP. This is finally going to be the year he got it. And then after that, he just started to fall off, and that's when Aaron Rodgers took off and had an all-time great season. Yeah, he's got, you know, he's injury prone. And I don't know, he tries to play in the pocket more so than his reckless style of play that he he played with in his younger days, in the younger portion of his career. But I feel like that's when he's at his best is when he's out of the pocket, uh, you know, creating with his legs, you know, basically playing backyard football. I feel Mm -hmm. like that's when he's at his best. But no, when he's in the pocket. Same thing. Yeah. For sure. But when he's in his pocket, in the pocket, I should say, it's a little more difficult. It's not like he's Drew Brees back there. You know what I mean? So when we're talking about height, when we're talking about short quarterbacks, there's a gap between him and Drew Brees in his prime. So I don't know. I'll be interested to see. I don't really know the Broncos line situation, honestly. Like, I don't watch a ton of Broncos games. But, you know, if they got a good line, a good running game, that's something Russell Wilson can thrive in. They've obviously got a good defense. Uh, mile high. When you play at mile high, you've got an advantage, obviously, with the with they the altitude. They have one of the best home field advantages, just specifically off of that. So if Russ can keep it simple and kind of find his groove, and uh, and you know maybe the second half of the year really take off, that's you know Denver's as dangerous as a team as anybody. Because yeah, if you if you win that trade with uh, with Russ, then yeah, you've got a contender for the next two or three years. But if he is washed, which he like you said, he's looked 
not the greatest since the second half of 2020, mm-hmm. then, uh, you know, it's a gamble. But it's a gamble you've got to take when you're in that division. Because, yeah, that's as loaded as a division as we've seen in a few years. For sure. Uh, as I say, the Broncos line's pretty solid. Uh, Garrett Bowles is good. Uh, Dalton Reisner's solid, too. So they have a um, they have a pretty good Billy Turner at right tackle's okay. Uh, they have a they have a solid offensive line and better than what he had in Seattle. And Javante Williams is definitely a very good running back. Could take that next leap this year. Plus, they also have Melvin Gordon. So that will be interesting to see the Broncos. But moving on next, because I have a bunch of these, but we can stop at a certain point. Um, I keep going. Mac Jones, thirty touchdowns over under. Damn. What do you have last year? Twenty-two. Twenty-eight. Twenty-two. Yeah, twenty-two. Twenty-two. I mean, he's definitely gonna have more than twenty-two. Will he have thirty? Yeah, it was twenty-two yeah. touchdowns to thirteen picks. It's hard to tell because I feel like the run the run game is the strength of this Patriots team. Yeah. With Danny Harris and Ramondre. Yeah. I, their passing game's improved. I don't like that we have fucking Matt Patricia and Joe Judge as our co-coordinators. Don't even be started. Uh, I think, Keenan, when we last talked about the Patriots briefly in, like, I don't know, June, maybe May, it was early. It was before, you know, the roster was finalized, obviously. I was more bullish on the Patriots than you. That's fallen off in the last few weeks with preseason, even though I don't usually look into preseason too much. But I do not like the offensive situation, especially from the coordinator side. I don't like anything to do with Matt Patricia. Get Matt Patricia the fuck out of here. Seriously, like, he was trashing our defense. He was trashing Detroit. Now he's our fucking offensive coordinator. Kyle Get him almost, in his threw, a, Kyle almost threw a party when Matt Patricia <laughs> left for Detroit. Get him and his pencil in his ear the fuck out of here. Like, for real. Like, with I can't. Laminated sheet where you can't use a damn pencil. <laughs> he Get got a pencil out of here, factory. Matt. <laughs> got a cheesecake factory menu on the sidelines, but I don't know. Half forward, June. He had good chemistry. Back to Mac. He had good chemistry with Hunter Henry and the red zone. Uh, we got what the fuck's his name. Who did we get from the Dolphins? We got Devontae Park- Parker, Devontae who is a Parker. solid. Who who will definitely be a solid number one. It's just will he stay healthy for sixteen games? Because that's been literally one of the pretty much one of the only problems with him throughout his career is he can't stay on the field for sixteen, seventeen games. It'll be tough because I feel like you got three good red zone targets with Janu, Hunter Henry, and Devontae Parker. But we also, I feel like you, if you're inside the five, Dame Harris and Ramondre are, you know, close to as good as you can get in the league. Like, Dame Harris is a scoring magnet inside the, inside the 15. So, it could go either way. I could see him bordering. Damn, that's tough. It really is tough given their coordinator situation. I'm going to say a push right at 30. It's going to get 30. I would say slightly under personally. I think around like 27. I think you'll have more than last year. I could see more of like a set of a 22 to 13, cleaning that up a little bit, going maybe like a 27 to 10 with 4,000 yards, somewhere around there. A lot of it's going to depend on how they start, and I think that's going to be the roughest part of the year, obviously, as it always they, is. With they, the start, they start with a tough schedule. They end with a tough schedule. The middle, the middle of, of that schedule is cake. Doesn't say the middle of that schedule is where they're going to get their wins. So they need they need to pile up as many wins as possible because, I mean, obviously I'm not going to give exactly away, but there's a chance they could go under 500 for their last six games. For sure, because they for have sure. a very very tough part of. I mean that it's Bills in back order. It's Bills to end the season, but then Dolphins, Bengals, Raiders, Cardinals, Bills. 
and Vikings. That's their last seven games. That's not an easy stretch at all. So I can definitely see the under there. But yeah, I'm gonna go with a push, which is kind of weak, but that's what I feel like. He'll he'll stick right at thirty. And like I said, a lot of it's gonna depend on those that first six weeks, how many I wanna say cheap red zone touchdowns, but how many of those three yard line, six yard line completions is he gonna get for touchdowns? Cause you know, if those are going to Dame and Ramondre, then it is gonna be hard for him to pile up a lot of those a lot of those touchdowns later in the year, given the defenses they're going to face. But we'll see. I'm going to go push. Joe, what you got? Oh, this is a tough one. But I think I'm kind of siding with Keenan on this as well. Uh, I think he just goes <laughs> – I think he goes slightly under. But I, I, I see just because it's Mac Jones, he's very smart. He's very articulate. But he's also in a Bill Belichick offense. And I think he fits perfectly. So I think he's just going to slightly improve. Um, I don't see him taking really big, like – second year jumps like maybe like a Herbert or a Burrow did. So I think he slightly improves. I think I think he improves in both. I think his touchdowns go slightly up and I think his picks go slightly down. I could see him mm. throwing single digit picks this year. Just because like he's he's had a season in the Belichick offense. They're they're very strategic, articulate, very like pre snap. Like you your guy's gonna he's gotta be there when he has to be there and you got to hit him there very anticipatory. So I think he increases a little bit. I could see him going like a 20, anywhere from a 26 to a 28 to like eight or nine picks. So like just slightly down in the picks, slightly up in the touchdowns, but Mac Jones is so accurate. And I think this is also, I'm going to go out on the limb with this and kind of a bold take. I think he could get up to like 70% completion. Cause like he, he only got like what? 67. But I say only when that's pretty solid, especially for a rookie. Yeah, 67.6 last year. Yeah, and he's super That's like a high IQ quarterback. Yeah, very high IQ, knows what he's doing. And in this offense, it's so, it's like so read and react. So I think he fits it so well that he's just going to keep improving slightly. And he's so accurate. And I think the Patriot way and... It's just he's going to be efficient. And especially, like you guys said, with that easy-ish more schedule in the middle of the season, I think he'll definitely kind of pick some pick up some steam. And I could see him being a super accurate quarterback this year. True that. What a guy. Um, uh, okay, so... <laughs> um, what a guy. So I got a couple. I was say I've got like eight more, nine more. It just all depends Let's on... Let's go rapid fire. Let's rap- rapid okay, fire. rapid fire on them. Do the, do the New England Patriots have a thousand yard receiver? Yes or no? No. We haven't had one in. We've had one in four years. Julian Edelman had eleven seventeen. I'm gonna go yes. I have no because I think it would be Devonte Parker if we had if there, and I don't see him playing all games. I could see him having a couple nine hundred guys. Mm-hmm. I could see Jacoby around eight fifty like he norm like he was the last couple years, and then. I can see Devonte being around like eight seventy five. If this offense clicks, I think it could be a breakout year for Jacoby. Okay, I was gonna say you did say he was better as good as Cooper Cup. So <laughs> <laughs> that was a yeah. That was that was arguably my worst football take ever. Kyle, that I was gonna say you think I was crazy for the, uh, the whole Eminem. Kyle was a few shots deep thing. with that take. 
M M push a T thing. Yeah, that was maybe the worst take on the show. Anyway, <laughs> I will say I'll say this. I'll say this. I don't think the gap's like crazy, crazy. Like I don't think it's like a, a Randy Moss to to Jacoby type gap. You know what I mean? They're it's kind of in the not scene. even close, Kyle. You can just stop right <laughs> now. Save yourself. I'm not saying it's Save close. Yourself. I'm saying it's not. I'm saying the gap ain't, ain't crazy. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> it is. It is. <laughs> because Cooper Cup would be. Could you don't? Do you think the gap between him and Justin Jefferson is crazy? I'll say this about Cooper Cup. I'm not not even answering that one because I feel like those are two different receivers too. But Cooper Cup. Prior to this season, it wasn't like he was, you know, in the West Welker. I'm, yeah, I'm comparing him to white receivers, but it ain't like he was in the West Welker vein where he's accumulating all these catches. You know what I mean? He was reliable, but he wasn't. We didn't expect any of that out of him. No, we didn't year. expect didn't, any of that, but 1,300 we yards wasn't crazy for him. No, 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 no. That wasn't. But the amount of catches, the amount of touchdowns, the amount of playmaking we got out of Cooper Cup. No, like, no, we weren't expecting that. Like, we were expecting him kind of in the Jacoby vein, which is like a possession receiver who can do a little more than possession. Because Jacoby, I would say, has maybe not breakaway. He's not really a breakaway receiver, but he does have some – he's got some yak to him. You know what he's I mean? Got he's got some – speed. Right. Which is, I would say, if you're – I would say, unless you're really fast, if you have a regular speed guy – if you're two steps away from him, you're going to probably stay two steps away from him. He's not like Odell, Tyree Kill, those guys who have breakaway speed where if you're two steps ahead, they're going to make it four or five. He's got the, he's got keepaway speed. I was going to say Cooper Cup, great after the catch, great hands. I mean, two years ago for Cooper Cup, he was very good, especially to, he had a very good stretch. He only started 14 games that year, and then last year he only started 12. Or the year before he only started 12. Because he would have been a thousand plus for the last three years straight, but he got injured those years. So, and I would say that's what I was comparing Jacoby to more so was what we got out of Cooper Cup prior. Because I think they're similar in that game again. I, like this, I think he's I say Cooper Cup's top three and top five in the league. Like, I Absolutely. Like, which now, which now he is, especially after being as received. I just, last wouldn't, I, just say I wouldn't put Jacoby in that even close to the ballpark of that. But that's, <laughs> that's just, I didn't. I'm just saying it's not the gap's not crazy, crazy. I'm saying Jacoby. It, all I'm saying is if this offense clicks, Jacoby can have a breakout year, uh, and that they're similar esque receivers as far as what they do, as far as possession, as far as route running. Uh, he's close to Hunter Henry or uh, no, Hunter Henry, Hen, Hunter Renfro. Yeah, that he would be around. Uh, he's around that. He's around the Hunter Renfro category, is what I would put Jacoby, which is still a very good category. I mean, Hunter. Renfro, we're supposed to do this rapid fire, but now I got to do it. I got to do it white off here. So, what about Cooper Cup compared to Adam Thielen? He's much better than Adam Thielen. Mm-hmm. Give me, but give me the like. What's the gap here? Because Thielen, Thielen's not Thielen, a, Thielen may not be a top twenty receiver yeah. in Cooper Cup's top five. Thielen's a good two, but he's not. I don't even think he's like in the talk of like best two receiver in the league. Because we haven't seen Thielen ha- or healthy in a few years. A healthy Thielen is a is a difference maker. I know Adam Thielen. Adam, that's why he's a great number two. He's a good receive. He's a good receiver. He gets a t- he gets receiving touchdowns because. Someone like Stephon Diggs, and then before, and then now Justin Jefferson mm-hmm. takes their, takes a lot on all yeah. away from him. He's benefited from back to back true number one receivers. He's benefited from that. 
Yeah, but I was gonna say Adam Thielen is Adam Thielen's a very good receiver. He is not. I don't Man. think he's top twenty, and he's not close to Cooper Cup. Twenty four touchdowns over the last two seasons. Mm-hmm. No, he's a good. He's a very good touch. I mean, but if you looked at Julio Jones' touchdown mark, he's never had. He's never had fourteen touchdowns in a season. So it's like I understand, and my point by that is saying like Julio Jones has been the top of the league. So. Like I understand that Adam Thielen's a very good red zone receiver. He has a good chemistry with Kirk Cousins. He's also very much benefited off of having Dalvin Cook in the backfield to where you have to load the box, especially in the red zone. And then he also uh, benefited by having a top 10 receiver in Stephon Diggs and then right now a top 5 receiver easy in Justin Jefferson. Okay. No, that, that right. still, so he's a pure, a, are we saying he's a pure beneficiary? He's not a pure beneficiary. He has, I mean, you have to be good. You still have to be good to get 14 touchdowns. You still have to be good to get over a thousand yards for sure. But he definitely benefit. He definitely benefits off from being a number two. That's. Uh, All right. What you got next? Uh, next, I've got. Do we get a two thousand yard rusher this year? And if so, who? I'm gonna say no. Under. Okay, that's fine. Uh, Joe, do you at all? No, I say under. It's too much of a passing league. These quarterbacks are way too dynamic. I don't think so. I think the closest one is the guy you have on the screen. But Jonathan even, Taylor. Even even him with how good he is, I don't think he'd get up there. But, yeah, I'm going to go under. <laughs> See, it's hard because running backs, it's when they have really, really good seasons, they normally dip the next year. So I don't see it being Jonathan Taylor. I think I don't see it. If it would be anybody this year, I think it would be Derrick Henry. Yeah, can't I can't see him. But I can't see him going for 2K again. Mm-hmm. Even though he was literally on pace to go for 2K again last year. He was going off last year before he got injured. He still ended like top 15 in yards, I think, or something if like he, that. If he can stay healthy with a 17-game season, he can definitely get close. Yeah, I think, as I say, he's been he's gotten better every single season of his career. Other than last year, and he was almost on pace to be like as good as his year two years ago, which was all time great. But I don't think there is. Next one. Touchdown uh, quarterback with fifty touchdown passes. Mm. Who led the league last year? Was last, it Brady? Um, last year with Brady with forty three. Forty three. The year before was Rogers with forty eight. We've only had, we've only had four quarterbacks or three quarterbacks do whatever. It's been Mahomes at fifty, Brady at fifty, Manning at fifty-five. Yeah, my pick to do it would be Mahomes. I'm gonna say under. Um, I would say under. I'm gonna say under. Um, if we did have one to do it, I would say it'd be Herbert. I think their offense. I think uh, with Mike Williams, he's a touchdown guy. Uh, Keenan Allen is probably one of the most consistent wide receivers in the league. They've got Gerald Everett at tight end, who is an athlete. Austin Eckler out of the backfield has one of the best hands in the league for a running back. They've got weapons galore all over. So I would think it would be Herbert if they did it, but I don't. I have no. Yeah, I also have no, but if I were to pick two guys, I agree with Keenan. It would either be Herbert or maybe sleeper pick Burrow. 
Because now that he's got now that he's got a season with Jamar Chase and they lit it up. Mm-hmm. Now that they've got a year under their belt, I feel like they could just all they can go from now is up. So like I think it would be one of those two. But if I had to pick between those two, I think I'd agree with Keenan and I'd have to go with Herbert just because his team is now loaded and he's got weapons. So I think Herbert could do it. And Joey B did throw, I think, for was it seven? It was sixty six touchdowns. His uh, yeah, he threw like he threw like sixty five touchdowns and six picks in that twenty nineteen LSU. <laughs> so I was to say, so he's, I mean, not that obviously college is the same as the NFL, but like he has thrown for a bunch, a boatload of touchdowns. They have obviously Jamar Chase, T. Higgins. They got Hayden Hurst at tight end. Joe Mixon can catch out of the backfield. Tyler Boyd, Tyler Boyd as well. Like their offense is loaded again. So that would be else. That's a sleeper pick for someone who would get it. But I, we all have no. What you got next? Um, we got two thousand yard receiver. Under. I I, was, I don't think we ha- I don't think we have one either. If you had to give me one that would, if I had to give one that would be, it would be Justin Jefferson. But I don't think there will be one. Yeah, I'm going under on that one too, just because like with the unbelievable season Cooper Cup had last year, and he was the closest, and he still didn't even get it. So I I don't see anybody replicating that or getting too close. Like obviously we'll get some guys that'll get in the seventeen eighteen hundreds for sure, like a Justin Jefferson. Possibly Jamar Chase, probably Cooper Cup again. Mm-hmm. Maybe like a Devontae Adams with Derek Carr this year. Like Reuniting. Yeah. So like but I don't see anybody getting two thousand yards this year. So I'm gonna go under two. I got two more. So one is how many quarterbacks do you think will throw for five thousand yards? Well, we kinda already We haven't oh, done we we only want Mahomes under. Yeah, um, we, we only want Mahomes under. So Mahomes would be out for all of us. How many do we think, if any, will throw four or five thousand yards this season? Damn. I, I would put the I put the over under at two and a half. Mm-hmm. And I would go two. So you would go on you if you had the two and a half, we'll go over under there. You have under. I would go I would go. I could see Herbert and Stafford being the two. Uh, Joe, you? Um, yeah, I kind of agree with Kyle there too, and I might even up your two and say four. I could see Herbert, Burrow, Stafford, and Josh Allen. I could see all the four of those guys going for 5,000. And five as a sleeper, I could see Tom going for 5,000. If Tom, if Tom doesn't fall off at all and he's still the Tom Brady that he is, he threw for fifty three hundred last year, so he could possibly throw for five. I think I might. I would go with Burrow. I would go with Herbert. I would go with Josh Allen, and I'm Stafford would be another one that would be in that ballpark. So I would have my would be over the two and a half. And Mahomes too. And my, I was gonna say Mahomes could be Holmes could do it. I mean, obviously we all said he wouldn't, but like he clearly could do it because it's Patrick freaking Mahomes. Yeah. Someone who surprisingly, just as a quick fun fact, Aaron Rodgers is never even close, which is weird. Like his, the he most, throws the ball away too much. Yeah, I was gonna say the only one he's the most he's ever had was forty six hundred. Not that he like he just doesn't. He normally he's around like the four four thousand forty two hundred range. Like it's weird. He just never has even close. He to clearly it. could, but he just I don't. He just doesn't. He's so he's too efficient. He doesn't turn the ball over, so he doesn't take those. Which he does take his shots clearly because I mean he threw forty eight touchdowns like two years ago so like he takes his shots but like I just feel like he's too efficient and too 
clean with the ball. Like he doesn't turn the ball over. He's very efficient. So like he takes his shots and he's wicked accurate, clearly. Yeah. But like I just don't feel like he takes those lengthy bombs as often as he might be able to. So like he's super efficient, so his yards don't emulate to his unbelievable talent. Mm-hmm. All right, and this one has like to do with football, but nothing to do with football. Mm. This last one. Guess on who the halftime show is going to be this year. Oh. Let's see. So they had success. They've had success with the rappers. Yeah, they definitely had success. So it's going to be a uh, 2000s artist, I believe. Between 2000s and 2010. Mm-hmm. That's a good question. You got to follow up Eminem, Drake, 50, and Snoop. I could. I'm, I think this could be the year that Drake does it. Honestly, I could see. Nah, I don't see Drake. I see. I. I mean, I don't know if that would be my bet, but I could see it. I feel like they'll go with more of a legacy act. I could see. I, I got one for you. I could see it being Usher. Ooh. Oh, okay. Ooh, that would. Yeah, no, that def. That's a good one, Joe. Do you have anybody at all? Yeah, one guy that popped into my mind just barely, just throwing it out there because like he had a good album a couple years ago, I think. But um, J Cole. I think J. Cole might be it. Well, that's actually interesting. As a rapper, that would have been... He would be... And um, where is the Super Bowl this year? Do we... Do I, I don't know. Uh, sure. Let me look. Okay, let me look. 2022. Um, in Arizona. AZ. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go Usher. And if it's a female act... I don't know. They did J Lo, they did Shakira, they did that joint one. Beyonce's had it a couple times. Mm-hmm. Rihanna's down. They did Lady Gaga, Katy Perry. I don't really know who else would have. That I'd have kind to think of clout. Like obviously, like someone like SZA would kill it, but they would never have her. Throw like a yeah, but I don't have any. Yeah. She's she's many slow songs. They need someone with like Nikki. Nikki, yeah, Nikki would be the one. I oh could my see Nikki. god. I think another female, sorry, didn't mean to cut you off, Kyle. I think a female artist who's been booming lately, especially on the radio, Megan the Stallion. Yeah, man. I could definitely see her performing. People love her music on the radio. See, here, uh, I think I got two. So I got one, I'll give one male, one female. I think female, I think it would be Nikki. And I think that she would bring out, I think she could bring out Ariana. I think she could bring out maybe Beyonce. She could bring out Meg Thee Stallion because like they have songs with all of them. So I think Nikki could have like a collective, like a woman power one. So I think Nikki's interesting there, and male one. I don't know if you would do it, but Kanye. I don't know if you would do it, but Kanye would be very interesting because Kanye. Because if you're gonna follow up all like that kind of show. You could have Kanye bring out whomever he wants to because he's had legendary classics with every major artist, pretty much. Kanye would, you know, fresh off our Kanye pod. Kanye would be uh, insane. That'd be a ten out of ten. Yeah, no, that would be that could arguably one of the best ones ever. Like I think Kanye oh. could do it. I don't know if they would ask him, but like I think that one. I guess they do something stupid and go with DJ Khaled and have him bring up. Oh, not even stupid, but I can see DJ Khaled. That actually wouldn't be a bad that one. That wouldn't be a bad one, actually. Now I'm thinking about it. They could bring out DJ Khaled, but I would have. I might even have Nikki if they do. If they go with a woman, if they go with a man, I'm going with Kanye West. I think the woman that comes to mind for me, 
and I guess she's she's not a legacy act, but she's been around for ten plus years. Would be Adele, and she's got enough. She's got enough fast paced music to where they could sell that. Oh yeah, they could definitely see, and also it'd be and, nice because and she could still do a ballad. Yeah, I was gonna say you could sell that to the you could sell that to old people because obviously Adele has it's just a very good voice and everything. So people like Uncle Cal wouldn't be like, "What the hell is that?" <laughs> like you wouldn't have people like, "What the hell is this music?" But then at the same time, she also has enough appeal to where she has upbeat songs that would be cool. Yeah, I uh, man, that's a tough one. That's a good question. Yeah, that was, yeah, that was the so last I feel one like that, the I last, had that was interesting just to kind of debate it a little bit. Cause I feel like the, and I could be wrong here, but I think like the real last few like current, current artists they had was when they had Bruno Mars in New Jersey and then the couple times they had Beyonce. Yeah. Like it obviously already been out for probably 10, 15 plus years at that point, but, but she, she was still kind of in the prime of her career. It was, still, it was 2013, so it was right around when she dropped. Um... It was pre Lemonade. Yeah, it was pre-Lemonade, yeah, because Lemonade was 2016. Oh, what album was that? Um, I literally can see it. I just can't. Uh, it was a self-titled album, right? Beyonce. Um, Hold on just a second. It doesn't say there was that one, I think. And I because yeah, it was in 2013. Yeah, it was Beyonce. It was B.S. Yes, it was Beyonce, because I was thinking between, obviously it wasn't I Am. Yeah, it was Beyonce. Kendra, what about you? Uh, Kendra's actually Kendra actually had to go to the bathroom, so Kendra's out of the room right now. Oh shit! So I was gonna say, so Kendra's not in the room right now, so she can't sadly give an answer. That was your last uh, NFL one. That was my last NFL question. Yes, everything else. I was gonna say everything else that we're gonna do. I figured would be basketball related and um, probably primarily around KD if we had it. Before you jump in, I'm just gonna quickly slide in here. I'm gonna give Kendra's. Super Bowl halftime predictions last hope. She said nobody would probably want him, but she thinks Lil Wayne would be dope. Lil Wayne would be great. That would be amazing. Yeah. That'd be amazing. I think I think honestly, I don't know when the next New Orleans Super Bowl is, but they would pro I think they could bring him out for that one. Because mm-hmm. I would, shut it. I was gonna say that he would that would fit. Because I was trying to think of any major Arizona rappers. I know there are some, but I can't Kyle, you would know more than I would off the top of your head. Uh, I don't think there's anybody where Super Bowl from Arizona. Yeah, I was gonna say I couldn't think. Um, I, don't don't kill me if you're listening. You're from Arizona here, but uh, yeah, no one off the top of my head. It but only been DMX. I could really see Usher because there seems to be like an Usher resurgence. Yeah, no, definitely. Like Usher makes sense. It makes sense on all plat, like all levels. Where obviously he could, he's a great performer. He can dance. He can sing better than like almost everybody who is a male artist, female artist, whatever. Plus, he has a bunch of hits. Plus, he's obviously it's seen in the light. Usher would just fit every would check every box. And you got to go with how hugely successful and well received last year's halftime show was. So I definitely feel like they're going to go with these relevant two thousands, relevant 2000s. huge artists. Yeah. So Connie is a good guess. Like Connie's a really good one. But I didn't. I didn't even think of that one honestly, which is crazy. But I yeah, would- Connie. I would Shit, love a Kanye West one. That'd be perfect. He would kill it. <laughs> but yeah, we're going to transition to basketball real quick. KD staying. That one doesn't surprise me at all. I mean, KD was, he was, I mean, he almost like touched into or tapped into his Kyrie side. I mean, KD's finicky anyway. 
as we've seen since he left OKC. But like, you know, openly trying to get out of get out from under Steve Nash and the GM for decisions that, you know, him and Kyrie made. Like they picked Steve Nash. Mm-hmm. Like there ain't no way around that. They definitely picked Steve Nash. Uh, you know, Marks, a lot of these moves Marks made, I'm sure we're at KD's request, like the James Harden trade, you know? Uh, and then you've got the owner. I don't know if you saw this, but the owner goes on Twitter after that report comes out and publicly defends Nash and uh, and Sean Marks. Uh, you know, now that he's staying, Kyrie, you know, you never know how many games you're going to get out of Kyrie. You certainly don't know what the fuck you're getting out of Ben Simmons. You know, if that team's all the way healthy, they're a contender, obviously. I think they've got a better roster than last year, too. Um but I don't know. You, you just never know. You just never know. But I think I think they're they, I think they're still the third best team in the East. I mean, at best, I think the Celtics yeah, are better probably, than them. I think the Bucks are better than them. You give them a three, but they're the they're a wild card three. I would say them and Philly's a wild card. I don't know what it is. I don't know if I've mentioned this yet, but I'm real bullish on James Harden this year. I don't know. I don't you know did why. mention that once, and I they questioned you because honestly, James Harden's one of those guys that. If you're gonna do, if he's gonna do something, he's just gonna have to show me, and I'll correct my thoughts afterwards. It's nothing. I'm not gonna he's, go into a season with confidence in James Harden. I'm sorry, that's just me. If we're going by Instagram, he's been in the gym all season. He's been at the Rico Hines runs. He's uh, he looks like he's dropped 15 pounds. So, no, are we gonna get Houston Harden? Probably not. But are we gonna get a need Houston Harden on that team? You don't necessarily need Houston Harden. I, I think Brooklyn Philly's Brooklyn Nets early Harden. He was 23 yeah. and 11, like just running everything. Yeah, I think we're going to get a better, I don't want to say more explosive, because again, we're not getting Houston Harden, but I do think we're going to get a more athletic Harden than last year than what we saw, you know? I think, we're, I think he's going to be fully healthy. Uh, I don't think it's a stretch to say we get, I don't know, 68, 75 games out of James Harden. And if that's true, you could be looking at a, all NBA second team type season from James Harden mm-hmm. could be, could be. You know, it's a wild card. They are a true wild card. Obviously, you get a healthy Embiid. You know, he tore through the league last season. Uh, a little so, upset about that MVP, so he he'll come out with yeah. vengeance. He was like, then, he was open uh, about it. And then on top of that, I don't know if y'all have seen any of the highlights from the FIBA qualifiers, but Jokic looks. Unbelievable! Like, I haven't seen um, that. I saw some Giannis highlights, and he looks just fake. I mean, yeah, per usual. Giannis looks Giannis. Jokic has dropped weight, so he Lucas dropped weight too. I don't know if you've seen pictures. Yeah, Lucas dropped weight. Like that's scary for the league if Luca, because Jokic is now like dunking off drives, which shouldn't be a surprise for a seven footer, but it is a difference for him. Uh, and he can just bully you in the post. His playmaking, we know what his playmaking is. Uh, Denver's scary. Denver is going to be scary this year. I really like Denver. It's hard not yeah. to. I mean, they obviously they were the sixth seed last year. They went five with the Warriors because the Warriors are just a better team, obviously. But now you're getting back Jamal Murray, who has shown in the playoffs he is a he is a guy who takes makes big shots, can go toe to toe with mostly any point guard on his good nights. And then you got Michael Porter Jr. coming back, and hopefully he can take that next step not be such a defensive liability to where his minutes get slashed a little bit. And if that's the case, you've got three legitimate people who can go get their own shot at any point. 
and a more well-rounded bench. Yes, because uh, Bones Holland is good. They still obviously he was a he was young last year. I think I think with Jamal Murray being out, it might be a blessing in disguise for them moving forward because you do have some of those young guys. Uh, I think Compazzo as well. Like you do have some of those young guys who got to develop. It's kind of the same thing when Steph Clay and a little bit of Draymond missed that one year in Golden State. You saw some Jordan Poole. You saw gone. some what? I think Compazzo's gone. Oh, is he? I didn't. I was say he possibly could be. That one I wasn't one hundred percent sure on. But you do the have guy, a lot of these younger guys who get to develop. Yeah, no, I like I like a lot of the West. The West is going to be loaded. Mm-hmm. And then you still got whatever the hell's going on in LA on Joe, both ends. Joe, do you want to talk to you about your uh, Lakers at all? <clears throat> you don't have to. I you don't guess. To. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what there is to say. I guess it just rides on more so Anthony Davis's health, which mm-hmm. I'm not going to hold my breath because the dude's a toothpick. Um, LeBron's LeBron, um, but he's getting older and he's not playing as many games due to like smaller injuries, but like injuries that keep him out for a few more games. And you can tell like his gameplay is starting to like games played, sorry, is starting to like kind of dip a little bit. Mm -hmm. Like he's a guy that you could literally bet your house on that. He's going to play 75 plus games every year. And now it's just like, is LeBron going to play 60 games? Is he going to play 65? Is he going to play 70? We don't know. Anthony Davis. I don't even want to talk about him. Like, when he's on the floor, yeah, he's Anthony Davis. He's great. One of the best. Was a yeah. little iffy last year, but then, yeah, yeah, one of the best. One of the best big man defenders in the league. Very high volume on offense. Like he can pretty much score from anywhere, and he's just very talented. Um, Westbrook, uh, he's one of my favorite players in the league, but I don't even want to get into that because I mean, respect him, love him as a player, but. Uh, respectfully, I, I hope he leaves. <laughs> like I hope he gets traded because it's just not working. He he cannot fit in this offense. Um, I do like the addition of Pat Bev. That'll bring some grit, and he's a decent shooter. He's not as good as what they need, but he's okay. But he brings veteran leadership, like gritty, tough, will get in your face, and he's a good defender. So like he, you can put him on elite guards and kind of fluster him a little bit like he's not gonna he's kind of a a pesty guy so like he'll fluster him i like that addition much better defender than yeah. chris paul yeah <laughs> and he can't guard <laughs> and uh but other, outside of that uh i'm not gonna be too optimistic about the lakers i'm not gonna really go in with high expectations just because they're still kind of a little messy from last year so and their bench is really young and just i I don't even know. Like I'm, I'm going into the year with high hopes, clearly as a biased fan, but like I'm not going to hold my breath about it, and I'm not going to expect anything drastic. That seems fair. That seems like a realistic LA Lakers fan, because uh, there are some delusional ass fans out there. But yeah, I'm real interested to see how the Westbrook situation plays out there's people saying that they might just do a john wall and just send him home because uh, there really is no trade market for him there's some like there's still fucking laker fans out there floating out the westbrook for buddy healed and miles turner which I, then i saw a report today that 
the Pacers were down to do that trade if the Lakers included who the fuck was it? They oh they would have had to take back. That's what it was. Tht Westbrook, and then they would have had to take back Daniel Tice's contract. And then I guess for whatever reason that fell through, I would have done that. I wouldn't have even blinked. But then you turn you turn around and you give Ray Hart and Tucker for Pat Bev. Yeah, and then you got Jeannie Buzz yesterday saying how Westbrook was the best player on the team last year, and then she turned around and said, "Not the best player, the most consistent player." I don't know. They're all over the place. And then you got the Clippers right across the hall who, you know, you just don't know with them. You got a healthy Kawhi coming back, healthy Paul George. You got John Wall. That's a team who could be the best team in the West or they could be finding themselves all year. I don't anticipate that'll be the case, but I don't know. I'm That's a team I'm really looking forward to seeing is the Clippers. Yeah, no, they're um... – they're going to be interesting for sure, but the Lakers aren't even a top eight. I'm not sure if the Lakers are a top eight team in the West. So, like, it's hard. Yeah, they're playing team. Playing team. Sure. Obviously, you have the Warriors, the Grizzlies, the Mavericks, the Nuggets. Those, team are, those teams either stayed as good as they were or got better. You got the Clippers coming back. You got the Timberwolves, who, to me, just stayed at the seven best, seventh best team in the conference, regardless of their trade of Rudy Gobert. Um, and because there's another team that I am forgetting right now. Uh, Did you say that? What? Did you say Dallas? Uh, yeah, I said I was say Denver, Dallas, Golden State, um, Denver, Phoenix. Dallas, Golden State, Phoenix, Memphis, and then yeah. So pretty much the Clippers are going to take the place of the Utah Jazz last year in the top six teams. I could see them all saying the same. Different order, but I can see them saying the same. And then the and then the Timberwolves could possibly could get into that mix. But as we mm-hmm. talked about when it happened, I don't think they really got any. Like they didn't get much better with that move. I think they gave up I, a lot, and I think that they're in. They got more interesting, but I don't. I personally don't think they really got that much better. I think they got better, but I think the teams around them also got better. That's you know true. what I mean. And so the Just Warriors got people back. The Mavs got Christian Wood. I love that move. That Christian Wood coming to the Mavs is a big that's a big pickup for them. It's gonna be a scary year for like Luca's gonna have an insane year. People pick Luca. Like Luca's one of the favorites for MVP every year. I think this is actually the year where we could be like, the fuck is wrong with this dude? <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? No, like, I think there's if I had to pick like a top five for MVP, I think Jokic will stay there because I think Jokic is gonna get into that. Jokic and Giannis, oh uh, Jokic, Jokic and Giannis are kind of in that like LeBron <laughs> thing, where like every year they could win it based off their numbers and the production they put up. And same with Luca. So like I think it's gonna be those three there. I've got Steph there, and then my fifth would be Embiid. And then Jaw, yeah. I'll put Jaw as a six. Now, yeah. I don't really have That's... Kevin Durant. Even I mean, obviously, if KD won it, it's not like it's going to shock the world. But like, I don't have Durant. I think Steph could have a huge year coming off of a championship, and kind of how he. Is. Like, I think he could have a one of those Steph like, oh my god, like he's just doing whatever he wants to the league years. Yeah, that's my top five right there. Like, I think obviously we're doing a lot of NBA early, but that's my top five in some order is. You know the three, the three foreign players in Giannis, Luca, Jokic. Kind of four, if you want to kind of bead. <laughs> True. Well, I was gonna say I might even I would still have Curry and probably Durant ahead of Embiid, mm-hmm. but okay. Embiid would be like five B. Embiid's right there. Like that's the thing you can't even, I can't even definitively put 
someone like Durant ahead of Embiid, but at the same time, I feel like I'd almost rather have Durant than I don't, it's you know it's tough. There like there's so much talent, it's tough. There are I would seven say, people who could win the MVP that I wouldn't be shocked by, and then there's another three who I wouldn't be like shocked by, but it'd be like, oh okay, they took a little bit even more of a step this year. And uh, yeah, and I would say. I've said this before. I would say Giannis is probably like the scariest player in the league, probably the best player. But yeah. you got to give Steph won the ring. Steph's got the crown. So, you, you know, Steph by default is in that top spot. He's got the crown. But yeah, Giannis is right there, obviously. Like, uh, who the fuck? Like, Giannis is just scary. Him, Jokic, and Doncic, like, I'm, I can only imagine the stat lines they're going to put up all year, the three of them. Because yeah, you can see, like, Obviously, as like time's gone on, obviously there's been great foreign players in the league, but you can just see even more every single year. It just feels like there's more and more foreign amazing players. Because like you just named you, we have we've named four foreign guys who could be top MVP candidates. They're all top ten players. Wimbayama can come over here in three years, and he could be in that conversation. So like. Like, there are so many foreign players now, because obviously you had Dirk before. I mean, you had people like Steve Nash, who was really good. You had uh, Manu Ginobili, Tony Parker. Like, yeah, those um, those are just people coming to my head. There's been obviously been more. But you've had a lot of guys who were really good. Dirk was really one of the only ones in that conversation for, like, the top five-ish. And Gobert, too. Uh, Go, yeah, I was going to say, Gobert is very good. But you had, like, in the top five-ish, really the only guy I just named was... Um, uh, Dirk, unless you want to count Tim Duncan, because I think technically he's foreign because of where he was born, but like, you know what I mean? Yeah, he's basically. I was going to say he's basically American, but he, like he's technically foreign. But yeah, so uh, other than that, but now you got like four guys, your top four, five guys in the league, four of them could be foreign players and no one would shock, be shocked by it. All right. So, just want to speak about the last UFC event because we haven't been on since the Kanye pod, which was right before UFC 278, right? And uh, we've obviously seen the Edwards knockout on Usman since then. Um, there was great buildup to the fight, and I'm not going to get into the buildup, but basically, Leon Edwards was long overdue mm-hmm. for this for this championship fight. Like he could have he could have been in this fight. I don't know maybe a year and a half ago at least, maybe even two years ago. That's when I was first starting to really get into UFC, right? So Usman is on a 14-win fight streak. Uh, He's the number one pound for pound going into this fight. He'd never truly been taken down, and his last Colby Covington fight, he was down on the mat for like a split second, and they I can't remember if they counted as a takedown or not. I don't think they did. Leon Edwards in the first round, who was talking like extremely confident that he was going to win, like not even phased by Usman at all. He takes him down in the first round, right? Yeah, okay. Holds position on him, like has some top control on him, which is no one's ever had that on Usman, Mm -hmm. okay? So he wins the first round, rounds two, three, and four, and most of the fifth round, all of the fifth round up until the knockout. Usman's dominating that fight dominating the fight like yeah. looks like a true champion like you respect it uh altitude definitely played a factor they had it you know where the jazz played salt lake so it's still high altitude and you could see it in the fighters right yeah, Usman definitely. was one of, Usman was one of the only fighters who did not seem affected by the altitude uh 
So he's dominating the fight. Edwards, as you've seen, he has that crazy head kick knockout in the last minute of the fifth. I believe it was 55 seconds left. And so how shocked were you when that happened? I'll put it right. I'll put it right here with these two moments, Keenan. How shocked I was! It was right there with the Malcolm Butler interception for me, and the Ray and, Allen, and the Ray Allen three. Like those are the two moments I can obviously, especially the Malcolm Butler one, because that's our team. Uh, but the Heat Heat Spurs game, I had no horse in that race. I was rooting for a game seven. Oh, I had a horse in both races, and it came out on the end for me. <laughs> yeah, I was so I was so pumped when that happened. My goodness. I don't I know remember. what I was more excited for. I think probably I was more excited for the Malcolm Butler one because that one like definitively pretty much won the Super Bowl, obviously. Yeah, and they were they were on the one-yard line. Yeah, I was going to say Ray Allen just made it so it went into overtime, and then obviously they had to play a game seven, but like I was obviously pumped for both. I just... I just remember with the Ray Allen shot because LeBron had obviously, we've talked about it on here before, he was so up and down. Like he dominated the fourth, then he had those two turnovers in the last minute. Then he had a three before the three he shot that led to the Ray Allen three. He had a three that he made to cut it to three or something like that. And then the foul game happened. Then he breaks that three pointer. Chris Bosch gets a rebound. LeBron, and then we history that. corner, no. Rebound, Bosh, Allen, history corner, bang. <laughs> Mike Green. <laughs> Thank you for that Mike Green karaoke right there. Uh, yeah, shocked. I was unbelievably shocked when that happened, as everybody doing that game was. You know, the Heat fans left, all that. Had the same reaction to this Leon Edwards knockout. I, I was screaming at my TV in disbelief, was still in disbelief up to an hour after. Uh Tuned into a live podcast that Ariel Helwani hosts. He's like the top MMA journalist, UFC journalist, I should say. Um, and you had fans calling in from the UK, which it was like 8 a.m. over there, right? You had fans from the UK crying on air over it, like, you know. And then the UFC community overall were like unbelievably happy for Leon Edwards. Like, you know, this like as I've said, I've gotten into the sport over the last three years. I would consider myself diehard now. Like my knowledge of the past and my knowledge still isn't as good as other MMA fans. But what a moment that was! What a moment! Like if there was ever a moment to get anyone into the sport, like that was someone's first fight they ever saw. Like that's that's exactly what I love about the sport right there. You're never out of it. Never out of it. You could be. He was losing that fight far and away, and they'd actually. I'm sure you've seen the clip right as. He knocks him out. Joe Rogan saying how it's a moral victory for Leon Edwards just to not get finished, just to make it to the fifth round and get it to a decision. And then boom, right after that, he knocks him out. Crazy. And what else is at stake there? Usman, his next fight is probably going to be against Kazma Shemaev, who, you know, to put it in NBA or NFL terms for you, Keenan, it would be like... Cosmo would be like where Giannis was like before his MVP seasons where you could see he's got all the tools. He's putting the athleticism together. This guy's got like top-notch striking and wrestling. Yeah. And like his first few fights were like a few weeks apart and they like, they were both done within like under a minute or something like that. I could be wrong about that, but there were quick fights at two different weight classes. I believe like he was doing shit. Nobody's done. And then, uh, yeah, all of his fights were quick fights up until his last fight this year with Gilbert Burns. I'm going on and on here, but this guy's a phenom, and he's he's the next guy to take 
the title from Cormier. It would have been a super fight. Let's say that. It would have been an absolute super fight. They can still make that fight, but it looks like they're going to run it back for Leon Edwards, Uzma 3. But if you're listening to this and you're not a fan of the UFC, that's why you need to give it a chance because, you know, if you like all the excitement of the NBA and NFL, the UFC has that. Yeah. Uh, there's definitely some boring fights, but man, when it's high level, when it's exciting, it's it's as good as anything. It really is. So that's all I wanted to say, you know, because I was hoping to get in the, like immediately after that. And obviously we were both pretty busy, especially you. You had a lot of company. But yeah, no, what what an event that was. That was it was, you know, the event itself was maybe a B minus B plus, but that made it all worth it, worth the money because they're yeah, they're expensive cards, but worth it. Yes. Definitely, and I'm obviously I'm a very casual observer of UFC. I'm not gonna go out of my way for it. I will check some big highlights. I will check if 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 some friends are coming over to the house and they want to watch a fight. I'm not gonna leave. I'm and I'm not gonna sit there and hate my life. I will watch it and I'll enjoy it because it's interesting. But nothing that I am die hard on because as you've been die, getting die hard on UFC, that's been my uh, battle rap. I've been getting. Like I don't know as much as little bit hit little things in history, but that's been UFC is my your UFC is my battle rap because I'm I'm I would call myself a diehard battle rap fan. For sure, for sure. Uh, you got anything else you want to touch on? Um, yeah. So there was one thing that I wanted to bring up. I know I've even lightly talked to you about it, but it's something that I wanted to do for a little bit that I'm going to start doing, and it's. Pretty much every like Thursday, I'm hoping to starting next week because the NFL season starts next Thursday. Kyle and I are going to do a pod talking about everything before, but I'm hoping to get out like a weekly kind of podcast on FanDuel, like fantasy, because I talk a lot of fantasy sports with a lot of people, and I was wanting I'm wanting to give like a kind of almost like a fantasy football podcast. Uh, essentially, it's going to be a part kind of of this. And part of us, I've talked to you a little bit about, I know I mentioned like I've wanted to do stuff fantasy football before, but my idea was to start putting out some fantasy football content. So that's something that to be on the lookout for next Thursday will be the first thing that I do drop for that. Excellent. What's the title of that? To be honest with you, that is the last thing that is coming to me. I am trying to come up with a cool title, but I haven't got one yet because obviously I don't want just like take like I know there's like the fantasy footballers, there's like thing like the fantasy outsiders, there's a bunch of different things. So I've been trying to later what title to be named later. I was going to say to be decided is the title right now, but that's definitely the content. I'm going to be, because I have my league, I have, like, obviously I know people are in a lot of just, like, long-term leagues, but I'll most, more so be talking about FanDuel and, like, Daily Fantasy, because I know there, I feel like there are less things and less podcasts and things like that talking about Daily Fantasy than there is talking about just every, every, um, obviously just seasonal fantasy. Hmm. Cool stuff. That's definitely cool. Um. I got, listen, I'll, there's a lot I want to talk to you about off air. I actually got to get out of here. I got some stuff I got to do. I got to catch up on. But uh, I'm looking for, look, you're going to probably be my, uh, like, 
co-GM here of my fantasy football team. This is my first fantasy football season ever. I'm obviously way less familiar with fantasy football than I am fantasy basketball. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, definitely expect me to be blowing up your phone tomorrow between the hours of 9 and 11. Okay. I will tell How long you. What? We got like a 10. I think we got a 12-person draft. How long do you think that draft will take? Two hours. Two hours? Two hours. Yeah. Two hours. So, well, yeah. Actually, it depends. Are you guys in person or just online? Online. Uh, then probably two minutes per pick. Then it goes to that. I'd probably say about an hour and a half to two hours. Confidently. Okay. And do you know what time. position you have yet, or does it randomize? Because I know some leagues already have it. Some leagues just randomize like 20 minutes before the draft. Uh, yeah, we'll probably know tomorrow. Tomorrow night, I'll probably find out. Okay, so if you're, I was going to say, quick, picks one through five, I would probably go running back unless it's full point. Pe- okay, I know what, I'm not even going to go off on that right now. We'll talk yeah, about that. We already <laughs> talked about this, too. Like, we're, yeah. we already talked about my my first pick. So. Okay, well, we'll I was going to say, we'll definitely – talk before because there's a lot of things that need to be discussed before your picks <laughs> or that's for sure hey so we'll be back next week with our nfl picks as far as how the regular season goes as far as mvp rookie of the year coach of the year all that stuff super bowl picks we'll be back with that uh look out for more music album podcast soon we'll be talking about that keen a great pod we were on here for quite a while uh yes we were great- I'll be talking to you tomorrow for sure and uh, probably throughout the weekend. Enjoy your Labor Day weekend. Everyone listening, have a safe, fun Labor Day weekend. Be smart. Be smart. Be smart. Safe. Enjoy the fact that you're not supposed to work on it, but people are still working on Labor Day. (laughs) I, I, I can talk to you later. Have a good one.